war. Unfortunately, it's all in the news these days. Wars and rumors of wars. We're seeing it before us. So what does this mean from a cyber perspective? Because I think we're seeing, for the first time ever, war is being waged on a cyber level. How interesting is that, that we're seeing this unfold before us? I think there were elements of that there, but this, this just the recent events, we've seen that. But what does that mean for your company? Okay, great. War is fought on the cyber level. That has nothing to do with my business. Well, yes, it does, because the whole planet is connected. All companies and the cloud, and it's all connected. And something on the other side of the planet can very easily affect us here from a cyber perspective on purpose in a direct attack and not on purpose, just kind of consequential. And so it really is a key thing to be thinking for your, your businesses is, okay, what do I do? Like, what should I be thinking about? Especially if you don't have a robust cybersecurity program, you don't have those pieces in place, or maybe even the people to run those programs. Well, at a minimum, what should you be thinking of? So I've put together some things just to kind of get you thinking. And so let's talk through these. So at a minimum, what should you do? Because there is a huge huge attack front and a huge war going on in the cyberspace, and you just can't ignore it. If you ignore it, your company's in huge jeopardy. I have this conversation with business owners all the time. You, you are, you are risking everything you've put in to build that company that can be gone in an instant. It's just not worth the risk when you can easily take a different approach and be responsible and work through some of these things and get them in place, which will radically improve your risk posture from a cybersecurity perspective. So here's some things. So number one, this is really obvious. Know what you have. I, this is a common thing. You cannot protect what you don't know you have. Likewise, you can overprotect something that's just not worth the value of the protection. And you can underprotect something that's of immense value. So know what you have. What assets do you have? What data do you have? What confidential secrets or potentially regulated data like PHI, PII, what do you have? And where is it? And you need to know those things. Uh, I was talking to a company just the other day that, uh, I forget the what we were talking about, but it was basically data explosion. You know, there's data all over the company. People pull this data down to run their Excel report over here, and they pull this data down to crunch this over here. And who even knows where the data is? Unfortunately, PHI and PII is involved. And that's that's a terrible security posture. That's a, that's a huge risk that has not been mitigated. So it starts with, you know where your data is, you know the assets of what you need to protect, you know your boundaries, how your network is designed and what your boundary protection is. Like those are very key importance to this. Just know what you have. That's a very important first step. It seems kind of obvious, but you'd be shocked how many companies that we work with, they can't even get past that. They, they don't even, they kind of know, but they really don't know. And so it's a very important step. Know what you have, because then you can start to fit your protection around that. And right protection, not over protection or under protection. You can be smart about it. The second one is know your suppliers. Know your third-party companies. Know your vendors. Know where you share data externally with those vendors or with other companies, other partners. Very critical step. I, again, it's crazy how many companies I work with and I ask them to, okay, give me your vendor list. Um, 
Maybe I'll call AP. Maybe they can give me one. No, no, that's not it. You got to know your supply chain. Like you got to understand what that is. You got to understand who they are, what their risk, what each supplier's risk level is, what data you share. You're responsible for what they may have. I see this a lot too with companies is they terminate a vendor, they terminate a partner relationship, but they forget that they've been sending them that file every week that's automated. And I have actually found it where a year later, they're still sending those files files, which is terrible because all that stuff is just in place and there is no contract in place to protect that, the confidentiality of that data. That's, that's just not right. That's not how you run a business effectively. So it's very important that you know your suppliers and you understand where your data goes externally. Recovery plans. How do you have recovery plans in place? And, and don't make assumptions. Don't assume Oh, I use AWS. They're never going to go down. So I don't need to worry about that. Bad, bad, wrong, wrong assumption. I think just in the last couple of weeks, Slack was having some serious troubles. And I know companies that their whole communication strategy is built on Slack. This is, this is not a minor outage. This is a business impacting outage. So don't make the assumptions that, oh, I use AWS or, oh, I use Azure. Oh yeah, they're fine. I don't need to worry about my recovery strategy with them. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. Do you store your data offsite? I just saw a funny little meme about that. Server crash. Great. We'll do a backup. Well, where's the backup? On the server. Ugh. Now, hopefully we've all progressed past that and we know that you're supposed to keep your backup somewhere else, right? For that very reason. But if a ransomware happens, great. If you got your, da your data somewhere else and you can restore that and you've tested those plans, guess what? Okay, I'm not giving you money, you know, whatever, you got nothing. If you've encrypted the data, even better, they really got nothing. And so it's very important to, you know, understand what is your recovery plan, have it documented, go through and test it, very important, so that if the unthinkable happens, guess what, you're ready. Don't wait, don't assume the unthinkable's never gonna happen and not be ready. Do the opposite. Assume the unthinkable will happen and figure out how to be ready and hope you never need it. But if you do, guess what? You're ahead of 90% of other companies out there, unfortunately, but that seems to be what I see. Uh, vol scan and pen testing, vulnerability scanning, huge principle to do. It can give you a lot of insight about your organization that you don't know, help you with patching, help you where those holes are. And then, uh, pen test, the same thing, penetration testing. So coming and trying to get into your environment and see even when they're in, you know, what can they get to? And, and it's basically like an ethical hack idea. So you purposely let somebody come in and try to see what they can get. Cause much better for, for someone on your side to, to give you that information than to wait for somebody else to figure that out for you when the damage is already done. So penetration testing and vulnerability scans, and then a good patching strategy around that that's huge. Like how do you stay, how do you keep your operating systems up to date? How do you keep your tools up to date? And again, this is where I go back to the first one. If you don't know the tools you have, if you don't know the applications you have in your environment, it's very difficult to keep them up to date. And so know what you have, the same thing. So you can build these strategies around that. Access control, passwords, multi-factor authentication, setting up your environment with least privilege, which means I only have access to what I need. So if I'm a clerk and I just have, just need this much access to do my job, that's all the access I need. Because guess what? If I accidentally hit a phishing and all I have is this much access, it, that is already 
uh, somewhat mitigated because it's here. But if I, you know, if you, if you don't want to take the time to build out your security groups and your access control strategy and be, be very stringent about how you run those programs and practices, guess what? I may have access over here that is a, allows that phishing scheme to get somewhere that it shouldn't have been able to get. So access control is a huge like defense. And then passwords, helping people pick the right passwords, multi-factor authentication, making sure that it's the right person log, logging in, even if their password is compromised. So it's a second layer of a technical control. So these are easy things to just, a lot of times just turn on, not, not your access control strategy with the least privilege, but MFA. MFA is so easy to turn on. And so in, in most cases, and so just do it. And I know it's an extra layer of a pain, but hey, there's a reason for it. And so these are good strategies. And then phishing, outright attacks. Um, you know, this is where you get into your IDS and your IPS, which is, is your intrusion detection, your intrusion prevention. If you use cloud-based offerings, they have those offerings available. There's a lot of tools in the marketplace that will help you do that. But phishing can be combated by training in large part. Yes, there's some back-end technical controls to help with that, but it's still about training people to not click those links, to be aware, to be vigilant. And so you definitely want to bake in training as a big part of your strategy because untrained people are probably your highest risk. Not even on purpose. You obviously you have the malicious insider, but but people that just don't know. And there's a lot of people that still just don't know. They don't understand that using their password to log into 10 different places. Well, why is that a problem? Okay, sit down. Let's talk why that's a problem. But if you train them on that, then they're less prone to do it. So training just in general around the strategy. And then obviously there are there are technical controls that can help with, you know, URLs and phishing and trying to catch those in the email. And like if you use Office 365, there's a lot of that capability built in that you can configure and turn on for what makes sense for your business. Mm -hmm.